Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Why Miles Garrett is a bigger odds mover than Aaron Donald. Did the Yankees fans honestly believe this team would be this good? And why the Texas Rangers may look like geniuses for taking Kumar Rocker at number three. Starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports, you're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The NFL season just 50 days away now. So, of course, we're partnering up with Bet Online to list their top 50 most valuable players that affect the line. So, it's a little bit different than some of the other lists we've been seeing out there. But nonetheless, we are releasing our first 10 names today. So, we want to go over some of them. We're, I'm joined by Kevin Ostriker from Locked On NFL and Locked On Ravens, of course, because we want to talk this out a little bit because some of these names are not necessarily ones that people might expect would affect a betting line. But Two defensive names we've seen on our list. We have Miles Garrett at 47 and Aaron Donald at 48. So Aaron Donald is just like a, a, a human beyond sort of a human. Like he's just, he's a beast out there. So to think that he doesn't affect the game as much, where do you think those kind of statistics might come from? Yeah, it's it's interesting. And these guys in terms of this list in particular, super, super close. And also just generally both athletic freaks, guys who can impact the game in so many ways. But when I look at the Browns defense and the Rams defense, I think when you take out Miles Garrett from the Browns defense and you take out Aaron Donald from the Rams defense, personally, I, I trust the Rams defense a little bit more than the Browns defense at this point, just because of the star power they have. Jalen Ramsey would still be there. They signed Bobby Wagner too. They'd still do have some questions on their defensive line and outside linebacker with the departure of Von Miller. But I think that those two stars themselves, plus the other depth can impact the game in so many ways. If Donald were to be taken out, that's the impact that Donald would have. Whereas for Garrett, they still have Jadavian Clowney on that out, uh, defensive end outside linebacker group with some questions in the secondary, how it will all mesh together, some talent all around. But I think when you're looking at the most valuable player, when you're talking about betting lines here, I think that for Miles Garrett, he just has the slightest more impact in terms of what he would leave behind. But with Donald, it's still such a close list where I feel like I trust the Rams defense just a tiny bit more. So it could, it could flip-flop either way, but I understand why the list is like that. The Super Bowl champs are certainly stacked, so I'm sure that helps them out a little bit there in terms of betting. Um, in terms of the offensive side of the ball, we got two. Uh, we got a wide receiver and a tight end. Both of them used to be on the Chiefs. Now Tyreek Hill is in Miami. So how is that kind of affecting when they, he goes to a team now where he's maybe the home run hit and Travis Kelsey will have a lot more pressure on him? How do you think that affects their play in terms of where they are on our list? Yeah, it seems like for me, there there could be definite arguments for Kelsey moving up on the list a little bit just because of the loss of Tyreek Hill. The, the Chiefs added a ton of different playmakers, a wide receiver. You have a couple of huge names. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster comes in, a couple others too. But Travis Kelsey with Tyreek Hill now in Miami is going to have so many more opportunities to where if you, if you take him out of that offense now, it leaves Patrick Mahomes, I think, whereas if he was still with Tyreek Hill, you say, all right, he still has Tyreek Hill. That's okay. But now you're relying on a couple of other names where I think for Tyreek Hill, him going to Miami, 
them having Jalen Waddle there and a couple other very talented playmakers. That's a team that I think could really exceed expectations. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there are clear arguments for Kelsey to be a bit higher on the list, but Hill is such a dynamic playmaker himself too, where, again, it, it's such a close line between those, and you also have to take into account the position as well. Tight end, what's the value there? Wide receiver, what's the value? I think, again, it's a lot harder in this league now to find a very high-quality Travis Kelsey-level tight end. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's near impossible at this point. Yeah. So I think for what Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey bring. You can make arguments for both, but I I might have Kelsey a little higher on the list. Certainly, especially because when you look at Tyreek Hill, obviously he's very dynamic. We've seen what he's been able to do in Kansas City, but he's going to Miami where, you know, people have questions about whether Tua can get the ball to him, right? So how does, um, we're going to see a lot of more quarterbacks come in on this list, but how do you think the wide receiver value affects things when a lot of it does depend on another player in terms of a QB? Yeah, it's a big question because a lot of people look to, especially with quarterbacks, their weapons around them. Obviously, the quarterback talent is very important, but you look to a player like Joe Burrow, who himself is a great quarterback, but has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. So if you were to take Jamar Chase out, you say, all right, well, T. Higgins is still there. Tyler Boyd is still there. But then you look to another player, you know, we can use Kelsey as an example, who's not necessarily a wide receiver, obviously. But again, now they're they're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling and a couple other players. So I think the value of just the depth that a quarterback has around them is very important. But all these players, I, I still think the key part is even though one is ranked over the other, they're all still super talented. They all made this list for a reason. So if you take any of them out, it, it's going to impact the team that they're on and, and make them, I think, the, the ceiling at least cap it off a little bit. Now, we haven't gotten to many QBs at this point in our list, but Lamar Jackson gets left off every other list. Why do we think that is? I have to check in with you because I just need an opinion on this and and some explanation of what this is all about. You know, I I, I don't know. I I wish I had a better answer, but I think part of the reason in the reason that I've kind of gone with is that the NFL that we've we've seen is a what have you done for me now lately league. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of all right. What has this guy done recently? And for Lamar Jackson, I think what people are remembering is the back half of the year where he didn't really play super well starting against Miami got injured missed the rest of that season about four games five if you want to count the game he got injured in and that's again the lasting image in people's minds where I think people are again they're they're forgetting that at the beginning part of the year he had this team at eight and three with all the injuries they had the number one seed in the AFC and he was in the MVP conversation himself he had that game against Indianapolis where he barely threw any incompletions led that team to a comeback so I personally think Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback in this league I think he's firmly in that conversation but again you see players on that list and you think well why couldn't Lamar Jackson be on that I think I think it's just because people see what he did last year at the back half with the struggles and a lot of it had to do with injuries but I think people see the stats and everything and just think about what that was and ending up saying well we're gonna leave him off for now and see what he can do I personally put him on there Subscribe to Locked On NFL for our NFL Top 50 Most Valuable Players list in conjunction with Bet Online. Each day this week, we will count down to the most valuable player in the NFL. You can find Locked On NFL everywhere you get your podcasts, including Odyssey. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, what worries Yankees fans after an impressive first half season of baseball? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for your gambling needs. The Home Run Derby has a few interesting lines coming up tonight. No surprise, as the back to back defending champ Pete Alonso is the favorite. 
Bet Online has his odds at winning at plus 200. The guy right behind him, Kyle Schwarber, is at plus 350 to win it all. Schwarber gets the nod for biggest favorite to move on from his first round matchup. Bet Online likes him over Albert Pujols with the odds at minus 350. The favorite to hit the longest home run is not Alonzo or Schwarber, though. Bet Online likes national slugger Juan Soto to hit the longest bomb with the odds at plus 350. Bet Online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Sunday, we saw a stunner at St. Andrews for the Open Championship as Cameron Smith notched his first major tournament victory. He rallied from four strokes down to beat Rory McIlroy, thus blocking McIlroy's shot at ending an eight-year major tournament drought. Smith also matched a major tournament record by shooting a combined 20 under. Dustin Johnston, who is now with the Live Invitational Series, last shot 20 under in 2020 at the Masters. Smith, the Aussie with a mullet, has now won three tournaments this year and is the second-ranked golfer in the world behind Scotty Scheffler. The rest of the season is uncertain for the Red Sox pitcher Chris Sale after he was hit in his pitching hand by a line drive on Sunday. With two outs in the first, Aaron Hicks hit a 106.7 mile per hour line drive that fractured Sale's pinky on his throwing hand. Though the play resulted in a RBI single that extended the Yankees' first inning lead to 3 0, the Red Sox fear that they may lose sale for most of the remainder of the season. Red Sox manager Alex Cora was hopeful after the game that sale would return at some point later this year. The champions of the NBA Summer League are the Portland Trailblazers. Brandon Williams fired off 22 points as the Blazers beat the New York Knicks 85-77 for their second Summer League title since 2017. Portland made seven three-pointers in the second quarter to help build an 11-point lead at halftime. Brendan Watford scored 19 points and grabbed seven boards to earn the game's MVP honors. And on the diamond, we close things out. The Baltimore Orioles enter the all-star break at 500. Well, the Orioles were not able to make a 10-game winning streak, a 13-game winning streak going into the break. In fact, they lose Sunday 7-5 and do drop the series to the Rays. But hey, big positive out of this. Your Baltimore Orioles are at 500 at the All-Star break in 46 and 46. I'll take that every single time. Now, Sunday's loss was definitely tough after a really exciting win on Saturday. You just can't go down 6-0 and win a lot of games. And I know the Orioles have won games this year when they've trailed by six, but it's hard to do it a lot. And Jordan Lyles, you know, he loves to eat innings for the boys, just did not do it today. His shortest start as an Oriole, two and two-thirds innings, just clearly didn't have it. He gives up a three-run homer. It's a potentially the worst hitter in baseball right now in Brett Phillips. That's going to do you in no matter how much the Orioles really impressively fight and claw their way back into this game to get it within two. But ultimately fall on Sunday. I'll recap all of the weekend's action in the worst stadium in baseball, the Trop, coming up on Monday's episode. Plus, of course, we'll talk about the Orioles' four selections they make in the draft on Sunday. Here is another story you need to know. Finally, we've made it to the All-Star break, so we have to check in with Locked On Yankees. Stacey Gatsoulias with us because... They've had the best first half I've seen in quite some time. And we're talking about a team that's like five and five in the last 10 games. They're not even playing that well right now, but they were so far ahead that they're just like, is there any concern for you at this point? I mean, what's most impressive about what they've been able to do? I'm impressed by the fact that, you know, they've had a few major injuries to the bullpen and they've been able to overcome them. 
They've also not had major injuries to the lineup so far, and that seems to be helping them a lot too. Um, And I said it before the season started that health was going to be a big thing for them, but no one expected this. Um, You know, the double-digit lead is big enough, but the fact that it's it's just it's unbelievable 64 and 28 at the break no one expected that least of all me and my co-host will tell you that <laughs> a good pleasant surprise for you guys mm-hmm. um obviously the injuries will will try to leave that out of it but going forward what are some what are what do you think the biggest thing would be to hold them back in the second half or something they need to work on if there's anything at this point other than just staying healthy um Nestor Cortez turning into a pumpkin He had a couple of rough outings of late, but he rebounded nicely in his last start. And he was doing more of the stuff that he did in the beginning with his deception and the weird leg movements and everything that was kind of tricking batters in the first, you know, 10 starts that he made. And if he keeps that up, that'll be good. Jamison Tyone rebounded this weekend and, you know, he he did really well against the Angels, lasted eight innings, and then he had a a run of bad starts, like five or six starts where he could barely make it five innings. And I think those two guys are the big key. Not worried about Garrett Cole. Um, Luis Severino's injury doesn't help, but they have Domingo Herman coming. So I feel like going into the trade deadline, I'd like to see another starter. I don't know if they could do it, but I think they need to shore up the pitching rotation. Offense will come around. Okay. Um, I mean, when you look at these numbers that they've been able to put up, obviously, in terms of their record, is there anything else you kind of have your eye on with, you know, season-wise record, home runs, something they could break that we can look forward to? I'm amazed by the run differential because going into the All-Star break, it is plus 199. And, you know, those couple of games against the Reds, the first game against the Red Sox, the run differential was just one. And then the final two games before the break, they outscored the Red Sox 27 to three. And that just bumped them way up to almost plus 200, which that's that's an insane number for a run differential. And yeah, I think Judge, I don't think he's going to pass Maris, but, you know, could be good to see him maybe pass his 52 that he had in 2017 and maybe get 53 or 54. We'll see how that works. But that's a number to look out for. Okay. Uh, is there anyone at this point, I know we're really far out from playoffs and obviously a lot can change, but is there any team that really kind of has, you have your eye on that would be difficult for them in terms of a matchup come postseason time? The Astros, <laughs> always. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about them regular season wise. Um, you know, they have two games against the Astros coming out of the all-star break. And even if they lose them, I'm fine with that because the Yankees are doing so well against the division. And that's what really matters when it comes down to making the postseason. But yeah, postseason matchup, it's always the Astros. They're always the ones that worry Yankee fans. And then in some cases, Yankee fans want to face them because they'd like to exact some revenge at some point against the Astros. Stacey, we'll keep you up to date on the Yankees and their path to the playoffs. You can catch Locked on Yankees everywhere you get your podcasts, including Odyssey. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked on gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked on NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. Coming up, Kamar Rocker may be risky, but he may also make the Rangers very, very good. There are risky picks, and then there is Kumar Rocker. Many teams considered him undraftable based on medical reports, but the Rangers feel confident in their pick at number three. As Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects and Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians point out, 
on the Locked On MLB Draft live show. The Rangers got the the medicals for Kumar Rocker, and the deal came into about $2 million under slot. So it's something where I just find it really interesting that that he went, like we, we were discussing, where in the first round does Kumar Rocker go? And then there he goes, he drops it at number three. Um, is that too high for Kumar Rocker? Do you think the $2 million savings makes it worth it? And do you feel better since they got the medicals for him to go ahead and make that pick at three? Uh, no, because plain and simply, even if he was Kumar Rocker of a year ago and 100% healthy, uh, he, uh, he wouldn't be the third best player in this class. So for me, I just look at this as like, even the Kumar Rocker that we saw a year ago uh, is not, wasn't worth being the third player in this class. And yeah, $2 million is a nice amount of savings, but Kumar Rocker, that still means he's getting $5.59 million. That's That's a big chunk of change for a guy who... You know, he fell to 10 last year for a reason. That was before the medicals. Like, he's not a clean prospect. So, yeah, they see the medicals. Yeah, that made them feel better. But it still feels like an overdraft and an overpay. But maybe I'm just being too negative here. What are your thoughts? So, I mean, I think that he's he's shown the talent. And for me, the question was uh, medical. Was was he healthy? Did he know? And, and it's a very interesting situation as far as comps like when you watch him pitch i very much think of like an alex manoa type where big bodied guy throws a ton of strikes and i'm just kind of i like the pick i think it's interesting that you have now rocker and lighter i'm still not 100 sure if i'm cool with it being at number three like you said it is still five and a half million dollars uh, and there's something there that scared uh, the Mets away from giving him an offer at all last year. And we know the Mets aren't afraid to spend money. Uh, so as of now, I like it. And I think I like it because I don't have the big concern that I had, I think has been covered. But I ultimately don't think we have a full a final answer on this in a good, you know, three to five years. We just don't necessarily know what's the health of that arm going to do long term, that elbow, that shoulder. And so what happens from there? Now, it's certainly easy to say that was a risky pick by the Rangers, but this is the MLB draft. This isn't the NBA or the NFL where these players come in and make an immediate impact. Most of these guys are going to spend several years. In fact, the average is four years in the minors before they even make it up to the big leagues. So technically, everybody's really a risk at this point in the MLB draft. The Rangers taking a flyer here, if you want to call it that, and hopefully going to develop him and look really good at the end of things. And finally, over the weekend, one of baseball's mega stars got added to the trade block just in time for deadline season. Juan Soto, who will be competing in tonight's home run derby, reportedly turned down a 15-year deal worth $440 million, that contract extension coming from the Nationals. Reports then indicated Washington is now going to listen to offers for the uber-talented outfielder. Whether or not another team can put together a satisfactory trade offer remains to be seen. One thing that is certain, the Nationals will not get back another Juan Soto in any trade that they make. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make that your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what surprises lurk in our NFL Top 50 rankings? At least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.